You are Locked On Bills, your daily Buffalo Bills podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, Bills Mafia? It's Joe Marino from the Draft Network, and I'm your host of Locked On Bills. Happy Tuesday to you. Welcome to part two of our series on ranking the most important players to the future of the Buffalo Bills. As a reminder on what we did, I asked 10 other Buffalo Bills content creators to provide me with their list of the 10 most important players to the future of the Buffalo Bills. In doing so, I asked them to look at this through the lens of if this player reaches their ceiling and or maintains their current level of play for a number of continued years, how that will impact the success of the football team. Also in doing so, I asked them to consider how important the role is that the player fills with the team, and if they can't be the answer, how difficult would it be for the Bills to find that answer. I averaged together all 11 sets of rankings, 10 members of the group plus my own, to develop the consensus list of the 10 most important players to the future of the Buffalo Bills. Yesterday on the podcast, we unveiled the consensus top 10 players, and today I'm going to give you the full list that spans 21 different players and invite the panel back for a follow-up question regarding either something unique about their individual rankings or a general question on the result of the project. Real quick, Here's a reminder as to who is on the panel in alphabetical order by first name. Anthony Marino, host of the Breaking Buffalo Rumblings podcast. Anthony Prohaska, host of Disguise Coverage on Cover One. Bruce Nolan, host of the Bruce Exclusive podcast. Greg Thompson, host of the Cover One Buffalo podcast. Jay Spence the King, host of the Code of Conduct podcast. Joe Miller, host of the Overreaction Sports podcast. Nate Geary of WGR 550. Patrick Moran, host of the Talking Buffalo podcast, Ryan Talbot, who's a writer for Syracuse.com and co-host of the Shout Buffalo Football podcast, and Sterling Furrow, who's the host of the Hoof podcast on Cover One. And now it's time to give you the full list, including every player that was ranked by a member of the panel in order of average rank. At number one, quarterback Josh Allen. At number two, cornerback Tredavious White. At number three, Wide receiver, Stephon Diggs. At number four, linebacker, Tremaine Edmonds. At number five, defensive tackle, Ed Oliver. At number six, defensive end, Gregory Rousseau. At number seven, offensive tackle, Deion Dawkins. At number eight, linebacker, Matt Milano. At number nine, wide receiver, Gabriel Davis. And at number 10, tight end, Dawson Knox. If you listened to yesterday's podcast, you knew that already. Now let's go players 11 through 21 to give you the total consensus rankings on the most important players to the future of the Buffalo Bills. And there are some surprises in here. At number 11, wide receiver Marquez Stevenson. At number 12, defensive end A.J. Epinesa. At number 13, kicker Tyler Bass. At number 14, safety Micah Hyde. At number 15, offensive tackle Spencer Brown. At number 16, offensive guard, Cody Ford. At number 17, safety, Jordan Poyer. At number 18, offensive tackle, Daryl Williams. At number 19, cornerback, Taron Johnson. At number 20, 
running back Devin Singletary, and at number 21, wide receiver Isaiah Hodgins. If any of that surprised you, the follow-up questions for the panel members responsible for those rankings are coming up next. RockAuto.com is a family business that's been serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Go to RockAuto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. They have everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Whether it's for your classic or daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. The RockAuto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. You can quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brand, specifications, and prices that you prefer. Best of all, prices at RockAuto.com are always reliably low and the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. Why would you spend up to twice as much for the same parts? Go to RockAuto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Make sure you write Locked On in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know that we sent you. They have amazing selection, reliably low prices, and all the parts your car will ever need over at rockauto.com. First on the hot seat is Bruce Nolan, and Bruce and I were the only members of the panel to have both Micah Hyde and Jordan Poyer in our rankings. So Bruce, why did you include them, and were you surprised that more members of the panel did not? Hi, it's Bruce Nolan, host of the Bruce Exclusive, a Buffalo Rumblings podcast. I couldn't believe that you and I, Joe, were the only members of this group to have both Micah Hyde and Jordan Poyer in the rankings. It's one of those position groups that Bills Mafia is constantly defending as being such a pivotal piece of the defense, and yet it wasn't included on this. I do feel like one of the reasons why potentially you and I included them and other people didn't is the age factor. They're both 30 plus. But safeties have historically been able to play into their mid-30s. So an extra five years for both of them, they could easily be playing at reasonable levels. I don't think we pay enough attention sometimes to the fact that the Buffalo Bills defense as currently constructed is really not designed the way that Sean McDermott has historically designed his defenses. He has historically designed them front to back. The front seven is usually more important than the secondary. But for the Buffalo Bills, the entire time they had an elite defense, it has been secondary focus, specifically Trey White, Jordan Poyer, Micah Hyde. Those are the three most important players to this defense. Now, obviously, if Ed Oliver, if A.J. Epinesa, if Boogie Basham, if Gregory Rousseau, if all of these players reach their ceilings, it lessens the need for Jordan Poyer and Micah Hyde to continue to play at their level or potentially elevate it. I think at this point, you mentioned previously in a podcast that we pretty much know what we've seen from these players. We know what they are at this spot. However, you can't count on that level of play. The Oliver, the Epinesa, the Boogie Basham, the Rousseau, you can't count on that level of play when discussing how important the safety's level of play is. We know, we know that this defense is good in large part due to the play of the safeties. Now, could the necessity for their level of play be lessened if you see improvement from those other players in the front seven I mentioned? Yes, absolutely. But as it currently stands, you can't write off the safeties with the assumption that those front seven players will improve. And until they do, 
Micah Hyde and Jordan Poyer will continue to be the linchpin for a Buffalo Bills defense that isn't overly complicated. Having safeties who can disguise and hold their disguises long into the snap and freely rotate between single high and two high looks and be asked to fill versatile roles is going to continue to be an important thing. As long as safety play is one of the best things the defense does, it will continue to be one of the most important things the defense does. Next up, I have Patrick Moran and Pat's individual list pretty closely resembled the consensus list. In fact, nine of the 10 players on Pat's individual list were included in the consensus top 10. The one exception was AJ Epinesa. So Pat, why do you believe that AJ Epinesa should have been included in the overall consensus top 10? What's up, everybody? Patrick Moran here from Talking Buffalo Podcast. So every player on my individual list was included in the consensus top 10 with the exception of one guy. That one guy, AJ Epinesa. Look, The Bills' pass rush and defensive end play as a whole in 2020, pretty pedestrian, and I almost feel like I'm being kind of generous by saying pedestrian. Now, Jerry Hughes, he only had four and a half sacks, but you know what? Sometimes stats can be deceiving. I thought he played pretty well, and I think Jerry Hughes is still very capable of coming out in 2021 and having a good season. After that, though, I don't know. I don't know. Mario Addison co-led the team last year with five sacks, but you know what? He looked pretty ordinary to me. And not to mention, I think he started to get worn down as the season went on, which in fairness to him, not really shocking considering the dude's going to be what? 34 years old, just two days before week one coming up here in September. After that, nothing really. Quentin Jefferson, he didn't work out at all. Uh, Trent Murphy, he didn't even dress for six games. Both those dudes are gone. A.J. Vanessa didn't do much as a rookie. But again, to be fair, is that really surprising? The guy was a second round defensive end draft pick. Clearly was eased into the lineup and onto the football field last year. Now going forward. Nah, I don't think he's ever going to be confused for Michael Strahan type production as his career progresses. But I do expect a nice substantial jump in year two this season. I'll tell you what. The opportunity is certainly going to be there. Now, obviously, the Buffalo Bills used both first and second round draft picks this year on defensive ends, Greg Rizzo, Boogie Basham, respectively. But much like AJ this past year, I think those guys are going to both be eased in. And uh, I'll tell you, beyond that, I also, AJ Epinesa, I thought he showed progress last year as the season went on. And I'll tell you, that continued progress, I think it's pretty critical this year for many reasons. For one, again, you got two guys in front of you in Hughes and Addison that are going to be 33 and 34 years old, respectively. And then you got two rookies behind you who, much like AJ going into last year, they've never seen the field for an NFL game. To me, that makes AJ Vanessa's role on this team very important for this year and quite possibly even more important going into the future. Again, seeing this is very likely Jerry Hughes' last run with Buffalo. And I'd be willing to bet the farm the same for Mario Addison. Now, of course, I expect, or at least I hope anyway, both Rizzo and Basham develop into key contributors. But this is a Sean McDermott defensive end rotation. And Lord knows your man loves to rotate his defensive lineman. 
I honestly think AJ Benesse has the inside track, and I mean soon enough, I'm becoming right there at the forefront of the Buffalo Bills defensive end position, a critical position if the Bills want to overtake the Kansas City Chiefs in the AFC. All right, you can follow me on Twitter, at Pat Moran Tweets, and of course, check out Talk of Buffalo podcast. We talk Buffalo Bills, Sabres, sports news, plenty more. Every Tuesday, every Friday, and you can hear us on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcast. My next question is for Greg Tomset, who was one of three members of the panel to include rookie offensive tackle Spencer Brown on their individual list. But not only did Greg have Brown on his list, but he also told me off the record that he nearly included Daryl Williams as well. So Greg, what makes them so important to the future of the Buffalo Bills in your mind? So Joe, one of the most interesting things to see in this exercise was obviously the distribution of everybody else's votes and where they ranked people, what their priorities were, and it really spoke a lot about how you think a football team is built and what's the most sustainable path to success. Um, I think I was the highest on Deion Dawkins amongst a group or tied for the highest. Um, I was also one of the only people that listed Spencer Brown and I debated on Daryl Williams versus Spencer Brown because when Josh Allen and that franchise quarterback is by far the most important factor to success, keeping him upright is the second most important factor to success because, you know, you can exchange different receivers. I I think Stephon Diggs is a huge part of our future. I think there's other pieces that are critical, but having those bookend tackles, especially with a guy that plays in the way that Josh Allen does, I think is really, really important. So I did list Spencer Brown as one of my top 10. Um, I debated on how you look at what future means, because I think that we could get three more years out of Daryl Williams, and that might only be his age 28 29 30 seasons maybe into 31 he could play beyond there we may never even need spencer brown um but i do think that the excitement they had and i think you're someone specifically who pointed out similarities to someone like taron armstead or some of the other elite athletes we've seen transition into that role and i think the fact that he gets the luxury to come in study behind deon dawkins and daryl williams get ready and then be able to fill in as a franchise pillar going forward to keep Josh Allen protected, I think that no matter who it is, those bookend tackles need to be part of our 10 most important players. And right now, I'm going to view the future of that position as Spencer Brown, even if there's a chance that might not be for three or more seasons from now. So I look forward to seeing where he can put those skills to to the use and see him in camp and uh, preseason. But I'm excited to see the future of Spencer Brown, and uh, that's why I included him in my top 10. Next up is Ryan Talbot, and to my surprise, four members of the group included kicker Tyler Bass in their individual rankings, although Bass's average score wasn't high enough to land him in the consensus top 10. Ryan was one of the four members of the panel to include Bass in his individual set of rankings. So Ryan, sell us on why you believe he is one of the 10 most important players to the future of the Buffalo Bills. I'm Ryan Talbot, co-host of the Shout Buffalo Football Podcast. I was one of four members to vote Tyler Bass into their top 10 most important players to the future of the Buffalo Bills. After seeing Bass fail to make the top 10, I wish I had ranked him higher. There are plenty of reasons as to why I believe Bass is so important to the future of the Bills. First and foremost, every year, kickers are among the league leaders in points scored. 
As a rookie, Tyler Bass finished fourth in the league in scoring with 141 points, which also set a new franchise single-season record for the team. One reason he finished so high on the list was his accuracy. After a bit of a rocky start, Bass made 16 of his last 17 field goal attempts in the regular season. Uh, We've seen teams hold tryouts throughout the week for kickers because they just aren't sure if they have the guy, and that doesn't seem to be an issue with the Bills here anytime soon. So that's one reason why I think uh, Bass is so important to this team. Bass also has excellent leg strength. Having a kicker that you can trust to make kicks from 50-plus yards out is a major asset for teams in close games. In Buffalo's wildcard weekend matchup against the Indianapolis Colts, Bass's 54-yard kick turned out to be the difference in the game, as well as an NFL record by a rookie kicker in the playoffs. Uh, Points are ultimately the most important reason why I chose Bass in my top 10, but you know, field position is another reason I deemed him so important in today's NFL. Uh, Bass has the leg to regularly kick touchbacks when instructed by the team. With so many dangerous returners in today's game, having someone who can take any chance of a long uh, long return away from an opposing team is an asset. Bass had an outstanding rookie year, and he may just be scratching the surface on what he can do for the Bills. So uh, for that reason, that was probably the biggest reasons why I had him in my top 10. I'd like to next invite Nate Geary into the hot seat for my question for him. Nate? You were the only member on the panel to include slot cornerback Taron Johnson in your individual top 10. Sell us on why he's one of the 10 most important players to the future of the Buffalo Bills. All right, guys, Nate Geary here again from WGR 550, here to talk some sense into my Bills-based content creators who all left slot corner Taron Johnson off of their list of most important Bills players for the future. As most of you know, the NFL is a passing league now, and in order for defensive coordinators to keep up with a lot of the college-based spread passing concepts we're seeing, NFL defenses have adapted by basically shifting base nickel looks into more traditional 4-3 or 3-4 base defenses. So we're seeing a lot more nickel and a lot less of three linebacker looks across the league. This paradigm shift across the NFL has increased the overall value of the slot or nickel corner position into one of the more premier positions in all of football. Now, it's not left tackle and it may not be your primary CB1 position, but teams with elite slot defenders with scheme versatility tend to find the most success against the volume passing offenses across the league, especially when you consider that slot corner is now responsible to be a primary run defender as well. Considering Johnson's early um, struggles this season, he lost his job to undrafted free agent Cam Lewis early on in the 2020 season. His rise to stardom by the end of the season came as a surprise to most of us who have been watching all season long. The Taron Johnson we saw from late November on is the version that the Bills are getting moving forward. They're in a position to take a real step in 2021, especially if the resources they put in the defensive line ultimately pan out. Slot corners matter, and the Bills very well may have unearthed their very own Chris Harris. And for that, we hope and we pray. Need to tell you guys about Built Bar. It's the best tasting protein bar on the planet. They have so many amazing flavors. They're all delicious, and they're all covered and 100% chocolate. They're soft and easy to chew. It's like eating a candy bar, but it's actually good for you. Built Bars are great for anyone who is health conscious. Whether you want to lose weight, maintain weight, or just indulge in a delicious treat, you got to try Built Bars. They're low calorie, low sugar, high protein, high fiber, and great for anyone who is on the keto diet. Got a deal for you? Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKED15 and you'll get 15% off your next order. Again, that's promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. 
Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Baseball season is in full swing, and you can track all the action at Bet Online. Get all the latest news, odds, and info for all your sporting needs, including MLB, NBA, NHL, and the UFC. Before the next pitch, head over to Bet Online on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news, sign up bonuses, and contest information. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. This is your chance to get in the game. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit when you use our promo code Locked On. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. Next up, we've got Joe Miller, and Joe was the only member of the panel to include wide receiver Isaiah Hodgins and offensive tackle Daryl Williams in his individual top 10. So, Joe, why are they among the 10 most important players to the future of the Buffalo Bills in your mind? Hey, everybody, it's Joe Miller from the Overreaction Sports Podcast again, and I want to talk about why Darrell Williams was in my top 10 most important players uh, for the for continued success of the Buffalo Bills. And and frankly, it, it came down to, as I looked at the list of, of current Buffalo Bills on this roster, what stuck out to me was the solid, consistent play that the Buffalo Bills got from the right tackle position. Now, keep in mind, this is a football team that the last time that they had drafted or had hoped to have a solid right tackle was probably the biggest bust in Buffalo Bills history, Mike Williams, who they took, I believe, fourth overall in the early 2000s. If you remember, they also brought in Langston Walker. This whole entire, like the last 20 years has been patchwork at best as it pertains to the right tackle position and it's never been solidified it's never been good save probably a short period of time a couple games where Jason Peters played right tackle the right tackle the right side of the offensive line has always been bad and you can probably draw some lines to quarterback play based upon in the past that right tackle position as well as draw some lines between that right tackle position and Josh Allen. Darrell Williams, in my opinion, I've said it a a bunch of times on my show, is the unsung hero of that offensive line. Brought in, uh, was given a, a short contract, came in, did his job, did it well, outperformed his contract, kept his mouth shut, took care of the likes of TJ Watt and some other guys who are incredible defensive players. So for me... Darrell Williams staying good, Darrell Williams staying on this football team, Darrell Williams staying the guy that quietly brings his lunch pail to work and holds down the right side of that offensive line against the likes of all of the dominant defensive pass rushers in the NFL, to me is a huge key to the continued success of the Buffalo Bills. One more time for Joe Miller of the Overreaction Sports Podcast on the Buffalo Rumblings Podcast Network. The last player that I had in my top 10 players um, that that are very important to the continued success of the Buffalo Bills going forward that I believe nobody else had was Isaiah Hodgins. Now, Isaiah Hodgins is an interesting pick. I understand it. It's probably not super popular, and there's a lot of you that are probably thinking, why would you pick Isaiah Hodgins? Isaiah Hodgins, for me, was more about looking at this roster, the age of the wide receivers. We know that there was a lot of chatter, a lot of conversation going into the draft this year, 2021, about the Bills potentially picking a wide receiver high based on the fact that we've got some guys on this team that at the time were kind of aging out. Cole's not getting younger. Obviously Steph is in his, you know, has some years under his belt. Uh, but when you look at Isaiah, Isaiah last year in camp in 2020, the camp that they had before he got injured, they were saying was 
looking better than Gabe Davis. Now, I'm going somewhere with this. Now, we all know what Gabe Davis did in 2020 and how he came in and played as well as he did. Well, for me, Isaiah Hodgins, the piece that he plays is if Isaiah Hodgins can come in and find himself a spot on this roster, even if it's the third wide receiver behind Diggs, behind Gabe Davis, what it does is for several years, it puts us in a position, the Buffalo Bills in a position where they don't have to draft an elite talent. They don't have to waste high draft capital, uh, regardless of how the board falls at the wide receiver position. So for me, save probably a slot receiver, somebody like that. But And obviously, Emmanuel Sanders is on this team getting back to the ageism situation. Uh, but for me, Isaiah Hodgins plays a huge role or could potentially play a huge role in the Buffalo Bills, again, not needing to spend high draft capital on a wide receiver if he reaches his potential, if he reaches his ceiling, if he is the player that we all hope he is based on the news we've heard from not only last year's camp, but also so far this year's OTAs. And it will be exciting to see how he does in uh, mandatory minicamp and then the, the training camp and then preseason this coming year. Thanks, guys. For Anthony Prohaska, I asked him a general question about the overall project, and that is, which player are you most surprised did make the top 10 and why? I'm Anthony Prohaska, host of Disguised Coverage, part of the Cover One Sports Network. Find me on Twitter at pro underscore underscore ant. That's pro two underscores A-N-T. And the player that I'm most surprised that made this list is Dawson Knox. Not as a knock against him or a knock against the tight end position, but just because I don't think the tight end position for this Buffalo Bills team now and in the future, I don't think that tight end position is more important than a lot of other position groupings on this Buffalo Bills team. Even just looking at defensive line, we've seen implicitly through the moves made this offseason and explicitly stated by Brandon Bean and Sean McDermott how important the front four is to the success of the Buffalo Bills and to the success of the defense. So Ed Oliver, A.J. Epinesa, Gregory Rousseau, Carlos Basham, those guys are all more important to the future of the Buffalo Bills to me than Dawson Knox. Same thing for Tremaine Edmonds. Same thing for Matt Milano. Tredavious White, self-explanatory. Micah Hyde and Jordan Poyer, their ability and how they're able to wear both the free and strong safety hats, their scheme versatility, their their play and their style and their skill set allows the Bills defense to disguise coverage pun a lot and make things very difficult for opposing offenses. Looking at the offensive side of the ball, the offensive line, what does that look like going forward? That is a major thing because Josh Allen is the key to this team. This Buffalo Bills team now and in the future will go as far as Josh Allen takes them. So you got to protect him. You got to keep him upright. What does Spencer Brown look like going forward? What does Cody Ford look like going forward? How much stability and pillar level talent and play and sustainability is there up front to protect Josh Allen? And then even from a weapon standpoint, as of right now, this Bills offense is a wide receiver-centric offense, and having more production from the tight end and more versatility from the tight end position, which we could get from Dawson Knox if he progresses and takes advantage of the tools and athleticism that he has, it would be nice if we got that, but I don't think it's a necessity for this Bills offense to be successful. I think the tight end position is more of a complementary piece and more of a nice bonus for this offense than it is a position that needs to be relied upon. And that's the reason that Dawson Knox was the biggest surprise to me. This list was 
players that are most important for the future of the Buffalo Bills. And a lot of that to me is based on positional value and importance on certain position groupings. And when you combine that with the players in those groupings, there were several players that I would easily have placed ahead of Dawson Knox for this list for the sake of this list. Anthony Marino is up next, and I have another general question for him. So, Anthony, when reflecting on the overall consensus rankings and how they stacked up, what stood out to you the most? Overall, what was your biggest takeaways from the list? Hey, everybody. It's Anthony Marino, host of Breaking Buffalo Rumblings for buffalorumblings.com. You know, when I take a look at this list, the thing that stood out to me most really was the importance that everyone had on Ed Oliver coming in at the consensus number five on the list. The guys before that, of course, were no surprise when you talk about Josh Allen, Tredavious White, Stefan Diggs, and of course, Tremaine Edmonds. But I think when you look to Ed Oliver entering that third season, we've all talked at certain times, whether it be on our podcasts, on Twitter, different articles, that Ed Oliver, the ability for him to take that next step, whatever that might look like, can be real critical to the Buffalo Bills' success, especially on the defensive side of the ball. You know, a guy taking number nine overall, um, certainly there's been things that we've all liked from Ed Oliver, but you talk about that that step forward heading into year three. And while the Bills have other guys that you can look to take that type of a step forward as well, I think Oliver has that greatest potential. And when you talk about a return of Star Latulale, how important that could be, someone playing that traditional one technique. I mean, heck, we even saw Ed Oliver line up at one tech during the 2020 season, which is incredibly out of position for him. So I think you talk about certain games. Of course, we always point back to that Thanksgiving Day game against the Dallas Cowboys and really seeing that ceiling for him. Um, I'm excited to see what we get from Ed Oliver in year three, but that is a guy that is going to be critical. And if he reaches his potential in any way, shape, or form, um, that is going to make a huge difference for the Buffalo Bills defensive line and can really be that that central piece. And we talk about that third year on the rookie deal. After this season, the Bills have to make some decisions if they're going to pick up that fifth-year option. So when I saw him come in at number five, to me that really stood out. And Again, no disrespect to anybody else on the roster, but – Ed Oliver is that critical piece, and his success is really going to help define what the success of the Buffalo Bills defense looks like this year. And I'm looking forward to seeing what happens from the prospect from Houston in his third season in Buffalo. Next up is Sterling Furrow. And from Sterling, I want to know which player you are most surprised did not make the consensus top 10 and why. So there's one player that I think should have been in everyone's top 10 list, and that is Daryl Williams. Keep in mind, this is a guy that if you were to ask any Bills fan or, or podcast host who was one guy that you had to re-sign in the offseason over anybody else, it would be this guy. And all of a sudden, we do our top 10 list, and he's kind of forgotten. I think he's forgotten because... He goes out there and he does his job, and you you don't even notice his impact on the field, really, because he does it so well. This is a guy that excels in pass protection and run blocking. Uh, if you go to PFF, um, he took 1,050 snaps that tied him for 12th in the league, so he's available as well. 
This is the second year in his career where he's played all 16 games. Now, we're talking about a guy who was a second-team All-Pro. There's not a Bills offensive lineman on this roster that even has that on his belt, and Darrell Williams does. I believe right now he is the best offensive lineman that we have on our roster. I love Deion Dawkins. I love what Miss Morse does. But if you if you had to ask me who's the most dependable and the guy who's going to get their job done, it's Darrell Williams, hands down. And he was granted with a with a contract this year. So I think he's one of those dudes that, uh, you know, Bills fans, we got to wake up and realize the, the job that he does on the field. And I know a lot gets made of Deion Dawkins. He's an eccentric personality, and, and we see a lot of him. And I think he's a great player, too. But what Darrell Williams was able to do this past year was – was something special. We haven't had a right tackle, um, a serviceable right tackle in years. And the fact that we have a guy that we can depend on for the next three to four years, and he's only 28 years old. So he's still, for offensive alignment purposes, he's still a pretty young player. So I think he's pivotal moving forward uh, to the success of this line and this offense for the Buffalo Bills. You may have noticed that you didn't hear from one member of the panel, that being Jay Spence the King. That's because his set of rankings was incredibly unique, and we are going to do a couple of segments in a future episode to dig into his thought process. Also, as part of that future episode, I'm going to share some of my general observations from the project, as well as analyze the list and share with you my specific top 10. What complicates our schedule this week, though, is the fact that mandatory OTA start today or Tuesday, June 5th, if you're listening on a different day. And we need to cover all of the happenings that come from them. So our first episode post-OTAs will be my discussion with Jay, as well as my general observations on this project. That does mean that we probably won't have herd mentality this week, but rest assured, I'm keeping up with the submissions and we will catch up next week and even do two episodes of herd mentality if necessary. Thanks so much for joining us today. I hope you have enjoyed this project as much as we have. Be sure to check out all the members of this panel. Bill's Mafia is blessed with an abundance of exceptional content creators, so there is something for everyone out there, and there can never be too much discussion about the Buffalo Bills. As always, I kindly ask that you share, subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. Have a great day, and I look forward to catching up with you again tomorrow to recap the start of mandatory OTAs.